I was going to say, I know I'm leaving things in safe hands, but after that video, I'm not so sure. Uh, I'm going to read uh, to us. I'm reading from Mark's Gospel. It's Mark uh, chapter 1. You can find this on page 1003 if you're uh, following. Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 32. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you would encourage us and challenge us and inspire us. We pray for the meeting following this, for our our AGM, for the election of church wardens, PCC members, and we we pray for the whole life of St. Giles uh, moving forward and also looking back and celebrating uh, this past year. And Lord, we say to you, uh, be the glory alone. Uh, Yours is the honor alone. And we come to worship you and to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's uh, traditional on this uh, day to um, look back over the past year, to sort of think of a few of the highlights, things that have shaped us over the year, and also to look forward uh, to the coming year. And of course, today, as as, um, Tim has said already, this is my last Sunday uh, before I go on my sabbatical. Um, I was, can we have the first um, slide up, please, um, Peter? Um, I was talking to Hannah about today, and she, uh, she always likes to know what we're, what we're preaching on, and uh, I sort of explained the idea, I said, well, I'll, you know, I'll be talking about the, the year to come, I'll be talking about our vision, I'll be talking about our values, also I'll be mentioning a bit about my, about my sabbatical, so it's kind of big picture stuff. And she said, oh, I know what you mean, this is your things not to forget while I'm away talk, isn't it? And I said, oh, oh, come on, I'm bigger than that. Um, so can you have the first slide, please? So, um, some stuff to remember while I am away. Uh, let's move on. We spent some time earlier this year um, sharpening up our vision statement. We did this as a leadership team. We talked about this in the PCC. We did this as a, as a staff team. Uh, we revamped our bulletin, and the first thing that you see on our bulletin that you've got before you is our vision statement. The vision statement says, this is, this is who we are, um, this is what we're about, this is our calling as a church here at St. Giles. We are a community of disciples seeking to witness to Jesus and serve him in West Bridgeford and beyond. We're more than this, but we're never less than this. This is who we are. This, this shapes us. This shapes us when I'm here. This shapes us when I'm on a sabbatical. This is our guiding focus, if you like. Let's think what it means to be a community. A community 
is a group of people who either live in the same place, well, we, we kind of live in the same area, but we don't live in the same place, or have a particular characteristic in common. We are really different people. As I look out, I see different people. I see uh, different ethnicities. I see different uh, shapes of family. I see different ages. I see different backgrounds. I see people who've been at St. Giles for a long time. I see some for whom this might be their very first uh, time at St. Giles. What is the particular characteristic that we have in common? What is the thing that unites us? What is the thing that holds us together? What is our DNA as a community? It's there in our vision statement. We are a community of disciples. That's the thing that marks us out. We're not just people who like singing songs, although we do like that. We're not just people who like reading the Bible, although we do like doing that. We're not just people who like to come together and do good for our community and serve our neighbour, although we do do that. But the core of who we are, our DNA is or should be that we are disciples of Jesus, that we are apprentices of Jesus, that we are followers of Jesus, that we are learning from Jesus. Jesus said this is what marks you out as a Christian, that you take my yoke upon you and you follow me, that you learn from me, that you take up your cross and follow me. When people wanted to find out more about who Jesus was, Jesus unfailingly said, come and follow me. A disciple is not just somebody who is a a fan of Jesus, not just somebody who admires Jesus, not just somebody who even tries to live by Jesus' teaching. A disciple is somebody who is born again. The Holy Spirit comes and births new life in them when they turn away from their old life and embrace a new life, when they die to self and say yes to Jesus. And Jesus said, you must be born again. You must give up everything and follow me. A disciple is a reborn follower of Jesus. And again, there's two things that that disciples do. There's more than two things that disciples do, but there's, there's, there's never less than these two things that disciples do. The first thing they do this is they witness to Jesus. We have found the one. There at the beginning of John's Gospel, the disciples, they go off and they, they say to their friends, their brothers, their relatives, we have found the one. And they invite others to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And they say, come and see um, the one. Come and meet him uh, for yourself. In our AGM and in our annual report and in our accounts, they they tell the story of all the activity that we do. Of our seniors ministry, of our youth ministry, of of things we do in St. Giles, things we do in our community. But what should drive that and what I, I hope drives that and what I pray drives that is a desire that others will come to know Jesus Christ. That others will come to discover a saving faith in Jesus Christ. That they too will then say, we have found the one. So we will always be witnesses to Jesus, and we will always be servants of Jesus. We will always seek to serve him. We've just had Easter, and the last thing uh, that Jesus does uh, before he's betrayed 
is he washes his disciples' feet and he shares a meal with them. And he's saying, this is to mark you as a community. You are to be servants of one another. You are to be servants of, uh, of your community. You are to be servants of the world. And you're to feed on me. Feed on me in communion. Feed on me uh, through faith. That's what being a Christian community is about. And Jesus summed up his life mission and ministry in these words. The Son of Man came not to be served, uh, not to serve, but to give his life as a ransom for many. And so we seek to serve our community, and so we seek to serve one another here at St. Giles. That's our vision, that's our mission statement, that's what we're about as a church. That's what every church uh, should be about. But then beyond that, we, we put together uh, a few values, a few particular characteristics that God has laid before us that mark us out as, in a particular way, a particular uh, charism or character or gift that God has given uh, to St. Giles, a calling um, that is upon us. Things that we hold as, as really important in all that we do. And the first thing is on those is that we will be a church that puts first things first. We will keep Jesus at the center. We will be grounded in prayer and the scriptures. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read uh, the Gospels, when I read the life of Jesus, when I see what he experienced, when I see the things that he said, uh, sometimes I find it really difficult to relate to them. Um, I see Jesus on on trial before Herod, and I, I, I can't really relate to that. I can understand it, but I don't know what it feels like um, inside. I see uh, Jesus uh, talking about um, uh, giving up your family, um, giving up his mother to to his disciples. I I can't quite understand what that must have felt like for him. But then there's other things in his life and other things that he said that I kind of go, I know exactly what that's like. I get what he's saying there. And one of those things is here in our reading that I read this morning. Um, Verse 38, or verse um, 37. The disciples found him, and they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else. Maybe it's just vicars. Maybe it's just ministers. Maybe it's just being vicar absent just. But I can relate to that. Especially in that kind of 10 minutes after the service when everyone's kind of filing out of the doors. Everyone is looking for you. Let us go somewhere else. Uh, The Church of England, in its grace and its wisdom, uh, gives its ministers, its clergy, uh, the option of a sabbatical uh, for every 10 years of ministry. Um, I've been in ministry now, ordained ministry, for 17 years, so I did think about waiting for another three and just taking six months out, but I I thought I might never come back. Um, But I've been here now at St. Giles for 10 years, and uh, I feel that now is a good time uh, for me to take a sabbatical. 
Jesus was doing great work. Uh, Jesus' ministry was incredible. The whole town was coming out to find him. The whole town are bringing their, uh, their, their, uh, their ill and their sick and their lame for healing, and he's healing them. He's bringing their possessed to, to, to him, and he is delivering them, and he's teaching them, and crowds are gathering to hang on his, on his every word. And yet Jesus says, let us go somewhere else. And in the verses before this, we read that Jesus withdrew to a solitary place. Jesus wasn't driven by the demands of his ministry. Jesus didn't meet every need all the time, everywhere that he went. Jesus left this place of uh, blessing, place of healing, this place of thriving, that he could go somewhere else and minister somewhere else. And this ministry was undergirded and strengthened and guided by his prayer life, where he withdrew to be alone and to pray to his Father in heaven. Our ministry at St. Giles shouldn't just be guided by the needs that are around us. The needs that are around us are overwhelming. The needs upon you as individuals will be overwhelming. People who need healing, who need deliverance, who need guidance, who need uh, counsel. And there are times for each of us where we need to go, I need to, I need to just a break from this. I need to go uh, somewhere else. There'll be time for all of us where we'll need to go, I need to just withdraw and find a, a solitary place and re-engage with God in prayer. And that's what the purposes of uh, sabbaticals are for clergy. To give them a break, not from being a Christian, not even from being a Christian leader, but from those uh, day-to-day uh, responsibilities and demands of ministry that they can reconnect with God and rediscover who they are as a Christian, as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, apart from the role of being a vicar or the person up the front or the person who's guiding what goes on in the church. So on my sabbatical, uh, it's dovetailed uh, by two uh, stays in a monastery. This week I'll be going away, uh, staying in a monastery for a week. At the end of my sabbatical, I'll be staying in another monastery. I'll be staying in a monastery here in the UK at the start and a monastery um, in the USA at the end. Uh, Particular times just to have have kind of focused prayer. And then the other three months, I'll be visiting um, other churches. I'll be meeting other church leaders Um, I'll be doing some reading, I'll be doing um, some study, but deliberately that's kept uh, quite light. And the idea behind that is that it is a time for us as clergy just to kind of uh, disengage from the day-to-day responsibilities and re-engage with God. Um, You will still see me on occasion from St. Giles. St. Giles won't be here every week. The family will still uh, be here, probably not every Sunday, but certainly some of those Sundays. Um, Don't ignore me. Um... (laughs) I don't know if any of you saw that science fiction thing, the city in the city, where where people had to unsee what they'd seen. Um, Don't unsee me. You can talk to me. You can talk to me about my sabbatical. You can even talk to me about St. Giles. That's absolutely fine. Um, All the blessings, tell me. All the problems, tell Tim. (laughs) That's the way it's kind of going to work. We said that as a church... We are committed to honouring different ways of worshipping. We've invested this last year in our worship life together. 
We've got so used to them, but it's less than a year that we've had the screens in that have enhanced our worship. No longer are we looking down at little bits of paper, but we can, we can look up and we can sing. We've invested in a new uh, sound system. Uh, for our nine o'clock service, we've invested in a, a new organ for the choir, for Paul as he leads the anthem. We invest in personnel, in Paul, our choir director, in Hannah, our worship leader. They, in turn, invest in the ministries that God has given to them. Hannah, over a period of weeks, put together a a vision statement for the worship groups and for our worshipping life as a community together. And we used to put it on our our, uh, song sheets that we had. And that vision was this. Our vision is to lead people to meet with God in worship, bringing him praise and responding to his glory. That's the most important thing in our worship. The screens are great, the musicians are great, um, the sound system is great. But what Jesus is looking for, what the Father is looking for, is those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And our vision is that Sunday by Sunday, Wednesday by Wednesday, midweek by midweek, in this church and in people's homes, we will worship together. And those who come and worship with us will meet with God. And they'll respond in praise. And they will give glory to him. We seek to be a church that invests in children and young people. One of the things that we do at our AGM is that we uh, present our accounts. Um, these have been audited as a PCC. We, uh, um, Chris, our treasurer, prepares these. Uh, we go through them together. We look at them and then we um, uh, sort of uh, uh, sign them off, as it were. We agree that these are a true and accurate record and the auditors have done their job. And the accounts tell the story of what we prioritise. They don't tell the whole story, but they tell us a significant part of that story. They say, well, this is where we put our treasure. This is what we spend money on. This is what we think is important. And the first thing that our our greatest proportion of uh, resources goes to, our financial resources, is they go uh, to the diocese. Uh, to support ministry here at St. Giles. We have two uh, ordained clergy here. Uh, But then after that, to support ministry in other churches. We are a a net contributor to the diocese. We enable ministry to go on in churches where they can't afford uh, to have their own uh, vicar. But then after that, uh, that big figure, the next highest figure, is in our staffing salaries. And chiefly, Uh, Ellen, our families worker, and Andy, our youth worker. We don't pay them millions. Uh, Their ministry is a a sacrificial ministry. Um, They could could earn more, to be honest, if they were were teaching or if they were in another profession, but they've chosen to, uh, to follow God's call on their lives and to minister in the way that they do. I'm grateful to the ministries that they have here at St. Giles. I'm grateful to them for their uh, sacrifice in terms of time and commitment. 
Helen with her work with young children and with families, Andy with his work uh, with teenagers. Um, one of the things, speak freely now, because I'm going in, 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 on sabbatical soon. Uh, one of the things that um, uh, really annoys me about being vicar at St. Giles is when um, fellow clergy say to me, um, oh, you're so lucky. Um, you're so lucky at St. Giles. Um, you've got so many families. You've got so many children. You're so lucky. And I say, <laughs> depending on who it is, it's not luck. It's not luck. Yes, it's God's blessing. Yes, it's God's favour. Yes, we are in a, we're in an area which is uh, full of young families and any church that was here would have to have a, a ministry to young families. Of course, that's important in terms of what we do. But it's, it's not luck. It's hard work, it's investment, it's time, it's commitment, it's prayer, it's sacrifice. And that's something that's happened uh, while I've been here, but it's, it's something that St. Giles has always done. It's something that this church has always been committed to. It's something this church has always been marked by. I know that because Sylvia James keeps telling me. <laughs> In our um, annual meeting, um, Ellen and Andy will be presenting their reports. They'll be talking about the work um, that they are doing. We also said that one of our values, our teach values, is that we are a church where everyone belongs and everyone has a ministry. And I use the phrase moving from rotors to teams, a a kind of cultural challenge uh, that we need to make uh, here at St. Giles. To be a member of a church is to belong. That thing I said about Jesus being uh, looking for disciples, not just fans, looking uh, for followers, not just people who admire him. And my prayer and my hope and my aim is that we are a church where people know that they belong, where they, where they feel rooted and part of our uh, community life um, here together. Where they're part of a, a ministry, serve as part of a team, whether that be part of our, our seniors team, part of our pastoral care team, part of our team that takes communion to uh, people in um, the nursing homes, part of our children's team, part of our youth team, part of our worship bands, whatever it might be. Um, I believe that the call on everybody who's a Christian is to serve in some way as part of their local church. And what that looks like will be different for each of us. Uh, The shape that takes, the time commitment we can make, uh, family circumstances, all of that. But to really be part of a church is to serve in that church in some way. Uh, To be part of a team. But God is not just interested in what we do. He's interested in, in who we are. He's interested in shaping us as people, moulding us to be the people that he wants us to be. And that happens in community. That's part of the reason he he calls each one of us to follow him as individuals, but he invites us to join a community that follow him. Each one of the disciples Jesus called individually in the Gospels. He says to to Levi, who becomes Matthew, come and follow me. He says to uh, Simon, who becomes Peter, come and and follow me. And then he invites them to join his company of disciples, his his kind of embryonic church, uh, the Twelve. 
and then the 72, and then the, the bigger group too. Why? Because communities shape us, communities form us. And again, part of being part of a, a disciple here at St. Giles is but being part of a smaller community where that shaping and discipling can take place. I'm grateful to Katie uh, for all that she does in terms of coordinating our home groups too. If you haven't found your way into a home group yet, I do encourage you uh, to talk to Katie or talk to Tim. If you haven't found your way into a place to serve you, I do encourage you uh, to talk to Tim as well. We're committed too to being a resourcing church. As we went through the um, uh, sermon series on our vision and our values, um, you remember Bishop Paul came here and he spoke on this topic about being a resourcing church. Part of the diocesan strategy that he's been uh, leading us into has been about identifying certain churches as resource churches. And what that means is uh, uh, churches that are of a, a size and a character and a strength that they can give themselves away to resource others. That they're not just concerned with what they do in their building or in their parish or in their community, but they're, they're involved in the life of their deanery and their diocese. And we do this to an extent already. Over the last couple of years, uh, Liz Waywell has helped out with the, the work at St. Saviour's, their children's uh, club over there. Um, this year... We are, for the first time, uh, involved in two holiday clubs. One our own down at St. Luke's, uh, but then another one over in Colic, uh, helping them start a holiday club for the first time with our young leaders and Ellen going over there and pioneering a new work to help restart some of their uh, children's work in that place. Increasingly, our youth work is intertwined with St. Luke's uh, youth work. Joy, a a member of this church who lives in Bunny, is looking at starting a messy church group uh, with her church there in Bunny, and we're helping to resource that. Peter Watkins, one of our retired uh, clergy here at St. Giles, has led uh, Alpha courses in some of the churches in our villages surrounding us that have never had an Alpha course before. Some of our musicians and home group leaders have, have helped him to lead that. So we're growing in this area. But there was a particular challenge that Bishop Paul gave to us as a church. He said to us one Sunday morning when we were absolutely full of kids, full of young people, one of those Sundays where everybody kind of turned up, might have been because the bishop was here, I I, I don't know. Um, But he said, can you give yourselves away? Can you give yourselves away? One of the things about sabbaticals that people think is that it's an opportunity for clergy to scope out new ground uh, for when they move on. Can I tell you, that's not what I'm doing. Uh, That's not what I'm doing. Yes, I'll be visiting other churches. Yes, I'll be meeting other church leaders. Yes, I'll be looking at new ways of doing things. But it's not an undercover operation so I can scope out my next move. Um, At some point, I will leave St. Giles, but I'm not planning that imminently. I'm not kind of warming you up for when that might happen. I don't know know when it will happen, but there's there's no kind of secret plan there. 
But I do wonder if God is looking to move some of us on. I do wonder if God is looking to take some of us from St. Giles and to pioneer a new thing. Some of us from St. Giles to go and help in a church that is struggling. Some of us to go and, uh, and give uh, strength and encouragement to a church that has fallen on hard times. Uh, Bishop Paul has been quite um, straight with, uh, with me here at St. Giles, with Mark at St. Luke's, with Henry Curran at St. Mary's, who many of you will know is a, a curate here, with Steve Sylvester at St. Nick's. You guys, come on. Some of your folk from some of your churches must be prepared to go and start a new work. Give support, physical, practical, uh, financial support to a church that is, that is struggling. Pioneer work in a, in a new area. And increasingly, I think, over the coming year or years, that will be something that we'll be, we'll be having to look at at St. Giles. Where can we do that? And perhaps God is calling some of you to think about whether it might be time for you to move on. So all of you who've been thinking, oh, he's taking his battle because he, he's looking to move on, it's not the case. But let me turn it round. Is God asking you if you might be prepared to move on? Uh, this year sees Simon Jones uh, be ordained. He'll be starting uh, as curate at Loudoun. Uh, Jonathan Mole, uh, he's an ordinand at Trinity Church. And a number of our folk here at St. Giles have, have uh, gone to support Jonathan in helping that church uh, be established in the ministry and the leadership of, of Johnny and Will over there. That church has grown very quickly. It's now one of the larger churches um, in the diocese. That's kind of happened informally or organically, but there might be an opportunity for us at some point to do a more formal uh, church graft. And finally this, we said that we'll be a church that will build bridges and make the most of every opportunity. Um, What is St. Giles? Who is St. Giles. Well, it's not me. When I'm away for three months, things won't just kind of cease to exist. They won't, the church won't just evaporate. Things will just uh, carry on uh, uh, as normal. Uh, depressingly so, I think. Uh, you'll be fine. Um, we are St. Giles. But actually, we, we, St. Giles is more than just its the thing that we are. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me, rest in me, and you will bear much fruit. And yes, God is concerned about what we do, God is concerned about our activities, our our programs, but but the ministry of St. Giles is so much more than what we talk about in our AGM. It's so much more than the formal things that we do together. It's the life that you live in your workplace, in your family, in your community, in your street, in your network. 
God has placed you, has placed us in all of these places. That you would minister there. That you would evangelize and witness there. That you would serve there. That you would bear fruit there. And that's what this making the most of opportunity, every opportunity is, is about. Not just about the events that we do or the programs that we do that obviously are important, but it's about the, the lives that we live and the people that we are in the places that God has set us. And that's the fruit that God is looking for. The fruit of his spirit in our lives, in the, the real lives that we live in community. And there is no sabbatical for that for any of us. There's no time out from the work of the Spirit in our lives. Uh, That's a calling on each of us for each and every day that we would witness to him and serve him in our ordinary, everyday lives. Let's pray and then Hannah's going to lead us uh, in song again. So, Father, we thank you for all that you are doing in this church and in our lives. Thank you that you've called us to follow you. You've invited us on this adventure of faith with you. And, Lord, we pray that you would lead us uh, on the next step, on the next uh, step in the journey for us. Thank you for the blessings that we have received from you. And, again, we pray to you be the glory in our homes, in our schools, in our colleges in our workplace, in our family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.